Welcome everyone back to another episode of the Team Blaney Podcast. My name is Adam Rogers and alongside me as always is co-host Steve Mez. If it's your first time listening to this podcast, it's brought to you by fans for fans. Steve and I have been following the Blaney Racing family for two decades and Team Blaney itself has been offering news notes and analysis to fans on social media since 2014. So go ahead and pull those belts tight and hang on as we throw the green flag on our recap of Ryan Blaney's run in the Quick Trip 250 this past weekend at Road America. Steve, welcome back literally and figuratively to another episode of the Team Blaney podcast fresh off your second trip up to road america and in honor of that uh we've gone ahead and reunited hashtag team mez uh to talk a little bit about their trip to uh wisconsin and like i just said their second trip uh in a row up there to watch this race at road america how you guys doing we're good yeah back and uh didn't get sunburned uh like last year it was, uh, uh, yeah it was yes, you did don't lie not as bad as last year and honestly, that was kind of the first thing I was going to uh, kind of ask you guys. So last year you got there, you're fresh. You didn't really know much about the racetrack. Uh, I remember um, you being jealous of people that had brought a wagon to tow their stuff around in. So uh, what are some things that you learned from the first time around that made this trip out there a lot better? We bought a wagon, first of all. We did buy a wagon the day before. Um Wow. We did this kind of spur of the moment for sure. Um, what was it? Thursday night we decided that we were going to do it. Yeah, about like eight o'clock. <clears throat> and then uh, second part of the plan was where we were staying. Um, last year we stayed actually in Wisconsin, just over the border from Illinois. Mm-hmm. And at that point it was about an hour from the track. Uh, this time we stayed a little over two hours from the track. Yeah, we actually stayed in Indiana. In Indiana, but <clears throat> the price of the hotel was great. Free. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, somebody over here is really good at finding the deals, and um, she had two free nights stay at a hotel thanks to uh, our bad habits. And honestly, even without that, that sh- that is definitely one tip. Um, obviously, you guys go to a lot of races. My wife and I go to a lot of races uh, every year, and don't try to stay within you know a half hour, fifteen minutes of the track. If you because I hear that all the time, even like about Bristol, and we went to Bristol earlier this year. People are like, oh, it's impossible to go to Bristol anymore. Mm-hmm. That's why no one shows up because it's so expensive. And I'm like, we stayed an hour outside of the track and had nice accommodations for a, a decent price. And yeah, you have to drive a little bit, but you know, for us, when we, you know, we already drove 10 hours up there, what was another an hour? So that's good. So I know you got a great deal for, for some other reasons, but yeah, that's, that's good. And um, I'm glad you learned some things. So you got, you got a wagon, you got some more sunscreen. Uh, what about like the layout? Did you guys sit in the same area or did you scope out a different area to sit and watch the race this time? Oh, sit back, relax. Okay. <laughs> so yes, from last year, we did see, um, we wanted to sit on the other side of turn five, right? Yeah. The inside of like turn five. Yeah. That was the, that's, that's plan a, we ended up like, I don't know, plan G. I don't know. <laughs> Somewhere between turns five and twelve up on the hill. Yeah. Okay. Literally fifty yards from the main spotter stand. Yeah. But it just so happened at that point. And I was he he pulled the cart. I mean he pulled the wagon. He he <laughs> did fantastic. But I was so hot at that point. I yeah. said just I'm just gonna sit down right here on the road and hopefully nobody hits me with a golf cart because I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. And yeah, we just kind of pulled over. And then that's when we realized actually it was near the spotters. We were like, Hey, we're right near one, no of, idea. one of the spotter stands. And, and uh, we had been messaging with Josh earlier in the morning and said, yeah, that he said it'd be somewhere between those two turns. Mm-hmm. And mind you, they had four spotters for the race. He, it was himself mule. And then two other guys, a guy from the, from the 21 oh, team. Right. And then somebody who actually spots for IndyCar for, for Penske. Um, so we weren't sure really who was going to be there, but, um, you know, sure enough, right before the race we're, you know, we set up in a couple of lawn chairs, we had a um, nice thing about pulling the cart was we put the cooler in it, Yep. filled that with ice and, uh, and many body armors and, um, 
we got uh, we got set up, got it set up in the chairs, and we were watching. You know, I think I did see Freddie Kraft at one point up there. Yeah, you you're the one that said you started seeing like um, the the regulars, regular spotters, spotters and thought you know this might be the spot where Josh ends up. <laughs> and actually, uh, 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 what's Logano mm-hmm. spotter's name? Um, uh, I'm blanking right now, but anyway, he walked by, talked to him for a second, and he says, "Yeah, Josh, will be up here in a minute." So. <laughs> Um, he came right over cause uh, I didn't even message him really. He just kind of came right over. He saw mm-hmm. us sitting there. He knew, you know, we, he's... we were almost directly in his path though. Yeah. He had... <laughs> so he was walking, like we could have tripped him. Yeah. We, he, had like, to, he had to get biased to get to, <laughs> to get there. Uh, so hopefully I didn't hold him up too much talking to him for a couple minutes about uh, his race from last week. Uh, actually we talked about how, uh, <clears throat> we watched it via zoom call. <laughs> <laughs> We should do we should do Josh's race report later, I guess. I think so. I think we should. <laughs> so what was your view like? You you said you're kind of in between two turns. Does that give you a nice vantage point of the action as as the, the race was going on? So 12 and 13 um kind of go uphill and then they, they make a right hand turn. 13, I think, is a right hand turn up the main straightaway. So there was pretty good view of that that part of the track if we look to our right we could kind of see turn five it all depended on where people were sitting over there certain yeah, points for the most part you could see like the actual hard turn the 90 degree turn mm-hmm. part of it so and there was a lot of things well not a lot of things i, I don't want to say a lot a lot but um there was stuff that happened in the race seemed to happen yeah right a lot there. of stuff happened there. in five yeah <laughs> so and we saw it all so that yes. was that was yeah cool. so anytime you heard a gasp or something you know to turn your head that way and last year that's really all we saw was turn five and then them going into the yeah up into the woods that way up yeah. that hill um going into six so yeah i mean the the vantage point you know is there any perfect vantage point there probably not um but kind of getting to see the action know the action what was cool for me was um counting cars you know uh, you knew what, who the leader was and, um, watching, uh, you know, coming out of 12, you know, okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, you know, could count up to wherever Ryan was. And, uh, the yellow, um, <laughs> was a really good color. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> His car stuck out like a sore thumb compared to all the other cars. Yeah. Did, you know, didn't, be, didn't understand or really, I mean, we've seen their, that car before, but it was extremely neon bright yellow um, compared to some of the other cars. So, uh, yeah, good, good, good view of it, uh, heading up, uh, into that turn a bunch of different times. Um, the, the facilities have definitely been upgraded since last year. We've noticed, um, yeah, uh, last year they had, um, the, the pool in bathrooms, like you see it, like a, a wedding or a big Oh, okay. Yeah. Party or something. Um, and those were nice. Don't get me wrong. They were very nice, but this year, every single one of those places were now, um, like bathrooms, restrooms, permanent, permanent structures. They were, they were great. Absolutely great. Kudos to road America. You guys did a fantastic job. Um, we got there. I want to say by 10, a 10 o'clock local time, nine 30. About 9 30 i think yeah they did check all the tickets this time at the gate <laughs> that's good i'm sure you did yeah i want to just slide in again but yeah it does probably make you feel better that you know you paid for something and they did check yeah. so yeah um we found our way to the tweet up um oh, that's right which which was great um i'd say 50 to 60 people about a normal size tweet up uh yeah um uh, bob uh, bob ran it and then uh they had a gentleman there from uh from jay ski um, Bob is, is great for these tweet ups and people understand <clears throat> at first he'll talk for a minute or two, but he's really good at everybody just kind of standing there and they're talking their BS and, and he will definitely pick out what somebody's wearing and then ask him a question about that guy. And, uh, and, and no, you know, and, and just not to test knowledge or anything, just to start a conversation. And he was really, really good at that. Um, I, I, I brought us, uh, brought him one of our t-shirts. Uh, so hopefully, uh, he to him and I talked about that for a couple minutes as actually as we were taking the picture for for the tweet up. So, you know, hopefully Bob be listening in this week too. Um, but uh, definitely love to do that whenever we get a chance to because he does that a great job with that. Him and Jeff whenever they do their tweet ups, um, you know, and they try to bring in somebody that uh, can talk to the crowd a little bit if they can. But uh, it was great to see um, probably about 
25 percent of the crowd was blaney fans there at there the were a lot, yeah. <laughs> was, I was excited. It was nice to see that too, that uh, we had a good group of them. Uh, yes, if any of you were there, hi. I told him to give you business cards, but hi. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I wasn't, uh, I was kind of <laughs> locked in on certain things, I guess, but, yep. uh, you know, it was, it was good. It was a good time there. Um, we kind of went up the hill from there, which is like the, the main drag going up the straightaway. Um, we couldn't quite figure out how to get back to, like where the pit area would be um because it kind of had certain things blocked off i guess there were passes to that area but um there was a chevy stage mm -hmm. where they were doing you know i think tyler reddick was actually up there at one point before the race um you know how they'll, they'll do those little interview things um i know that the racetrack everyone knows how long it is it's, it's a very big track you don't realize it when you add in the hills and everything it's I think in the last two years, we might've seen 25% and we walked for a good hour, hour and a half to, on Sunday. On and the, we still didn't see, I mean, there was, there was one point for like 10 minutes we're walking around and we're in the middle of the track and you cannot see any of the track. It's just like we're in a campground. Yeah. Like it was just enormous. Just walking along uh, this paths and, and so on and so forth. Um, and actually during the race, something kind of cool happened too. Uh, golf carts are going by constantly. But uh, at one point, um, the uh, Richard Childress's golf cart pulled up. <laughs> Which that and worked I, out pretty well. That worked out. <laughs> Don't you act like you're the one that noticed him. No. You're the one that noticed him. I'm like, man, that guy looks like Richard Childress. Uh -huh. Man, uh, that guy looks like Richard Childress. And then I look down and I see the RCR. And I'm like, oh, you know what? <laughs> I bet that's him. And people are taking pictures with him. Yeah. Um, I actually asked Josh about that today um, because... I was kind of surprised, you know, I think that the owner of, a, of these teams would be on the pit box somewhere, you know, with the strategy and everything else. Um, Josh says, actually, no, he likes to actually go somewhere near the spotters, not with the spotters per se, but at least from that type of vantage point and likes to watch the races from there. So that was really kind of cool. I mean, he hightailed it. Yeah, no spoilers, but he, he was there until uh -huh. the very end of the race. He did not head anywhere right, before no, the end of the race. No jinxing. Nope. But, stayed uh, right where he was <laughs> yeah and i mean the thing about him too is that and they they played some audio on tv as it went is he's very active on the radio with his teams whether it's austin yeah. or tyler and even during the xfinity series races with uh austin and uh, uh sheldon creed too so austin hill and sheldon creed so he's on that's one thing i was worried about i think i sent you a message when i was like man hopefully they're not bothering him too much because you know i know he's paying attention and he's actually talking on the radio i don't know that he's actually spotting but yeah he's he's talking to them one it was amazing how many people drove by i saw people with austin dylan flags that drove by on their and they never noticed him but then how many people did and went over and asked for an autograph for a picture and he stopped and took care of everybody now at some points he would like put up a finger like hang on a second because the the cars were coming yeah. and he wanted to see something but he always just hang on a second. He would say something and then he would turn and he would take the picture, or sign the autograph. It was, he was, he was really, it was good. Mm -hmm. So um, kind of the elephant in the room here, you guys talked about how, how cool the, they'd made some upgrades. You've been there two years in a row now. Um, I feel like the race last year is maybe a little bit more exciting than this one ended up being until it got down to the wire, but a lot of chatter ahead of this race. And after this race is the fact that, you know, Road America is independently owned. It's not an SMI or a NASCAR owned racetrack. It's really easy to fall off the schedule. And they're talking about the rumors of a Chicago street race that at one point were really big and then seemed to die down because the testing of it on iRacing didn't really go that great. And now it's ramped right back up again. And the only track it seems like on the schedule that doesn't have a contract for next year is Road America. Uh, how would you feel about it possibly at least on the cup series side, fall off the schedule. Truthfully, they should, you know, there are other things that they could kick off. <laughs> this is not one. Yeah. It's starting already. It's already two years in and starting to build a popularity for being the place to go on the 4th of July. Right. You know, over a hundred thousand people. And the truth is, is you can't tell that there's yeah. over a hundred thousand people there. You can see pockets of people, but you have no idea how many are actually there. Cause you literally can't. Yeah. They're all spread out. They're all at different mm -hmm. parts of the track. The campgrounds themselves are, are full. And um, it's an all day event. I mean, people are there at, 
don't even skates open to 7 a.m yeah and they're there and they're they're setting up and it's you know they're just out there like camping all day long yeah so i i, I don't know you know i understand it's all about money <laughs> that's it all is. all yep. it all it ever comes down to is money television money uh you know who you know who who what television wants to see is part of it you know because they can charge so much with their advertising but like I said, there are other races that could take off the schedule very easily. Some places that get two races a year that probably should only have one. And then they can go ahead and mess around with the road course idea. Um, but are the, is a road course going to be any better racing wise? I don't know if it is. It, I mean, it'll be great visual. Yeah. It seems like a, the idea of going to Chicago and putting it in, in the street is more about an event uh, like the Indy car did it in Nashville last year and the racing was not good. Um, and the one concern they have about stock cars on a street course is just the amount of cautions that will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, some ideas that I've seen thrown around, which we don't have to go too far into this were you know, make it a short street course um, just to keep it interesting. So it's not real long and things will get too stretched out, but yeah, just one of those, those odd things where it seems like this has been, you know, a really big success and, you know, hundreds, you know, a hundred thousand people two years in a row have shown up for this race. And yet they they're pointing to it right away to be one of those ones that might be bumped off the schedule. So, um, but yeah, I want to get your input on it, especially since you guys, you know, I know it was last minute, but you still made d- decided to make the return trip and, you know, from Ohio out to Wisconsin is not necessarily that close. What eight, eight, nine hours probably nine. to get over that way. Nine. Yeah, nine hours. So it takes a little bit of a commitment. So I knew, you know, you guys had to have liked it at least a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, it was a good time. Was- yeah, yeah, I mean, and knowing, you know, learning the things that we knew from the year before to this year mm-hmm. helped a ton. Like I said, we got the wagon, we had the chairs in the wagon, the cooler in the wagon. And if we could have got there at the right time and done the right thing, we could have even put a tent up. We had a tent with us in case we want to do that. When he uh, takes all of his notes about lap four, lap 92, 105 whatever i'm writing notes like make sure that you bring at least spf 50 next time <laughs> make sure that we have a wagon next time like so i'm always looking to how to Im- improve our experience but i, I don't know i mean I like i'm it. always up for something new i know i might be in the nascar minority by saying that but i'm always like let's try something let's see how this works but I, don't get i don't I don't want to get rid of America. I like it. Well, that's what I'm saying. If they could just eliminate something else somewhere else, you know. Yeah. How many times do we go to Richmond? Yeah. Still, you, know, you know what I mean? That's definitely one of those ones that could probably it's go. one of those ones that don't, you know, they, they, they eliminated a Dover, right? So, I mean, they could, they could eliminate some things. And if it doesn't work, if Chicago didn't work, don't just. Bump, bump something back on. Yeah. yeah. Get rid of it. Like just mm-hmm. you tried it. Didn't work. Okay. That's, that was kind of what was sad about the Pocono situation for this year. Um, the double header weekend worked super last year. Why not do that again? <laughs> Why didn't they? Yeah. Why just add another, add another, uh, race to the season. If you're doing it a double header weekend, you haven't added an extra weekend to the season, you know? Yeah, it's one of those things we have to see. So, so now you guys, you have experience going to Mid-Ohio. You have experience going to Road America. Has this inspired you at all to check out maybe Watkins Glen uh, in the future? Oh, absolutely. Just yeah. thinking of places that are still kind of within that driving yeah. distance. That yeah, you're Watkins. With. Actually, the Glen is, what, about five to six hours from here? Yeah, maybe a little closer. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah so. That was actually the first one we talked about after Mid-Ohio was Watkins, but it just never worked out either. I was working that weekend or there was something going on. We just, it didn't line up, but. And plus you've, you've, you went to the Indy road course last year and that's a little bit different because it's more mm-hmm. of a stadium setup, but yeah. Yeah. Still like Roval. Ro- yeah. Roval. Yes. We did Roval and Indy. So yeah, we've gotten four road courses in. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Not too shabby. Well, yeah. I appreciate uh, Kate coming on. She can hang around too, if she wants to for uh, some of the recap as we're going, but. Um, we wanted to get Kate on here. Um, 
warmer up a little bit because in a couple of weeks I'm <laughs> taking a vacation. Yeah, um, the, and the uh, team as takeover. Yeah, team as takeover episode while I'm away and uh, we needed to get you back more comfortable again behind the microphone <laughs> since it's been a little bit since I think you went January, February it's, when I think you were on for the, some of the Daytona coverage. Yeah, it's been a hot minute. Um, I want to thank <laughs> you guys so much. Uh, I am going to go and uh, the dog's starting to get a little restless and I'm going to go play some more um, Goldfish Casino slash on my phone. So you guys have a good podcast. Thank you, Kate. All right, Steve. So yeah, thanks for that. So why don't we do it? Let's jump into our recap of Ryan Blaney's run this past weekend up there at Road America in the quick trip to 50. Okay. Now, uh, you know, at the track makes it a little different to do the the notes, of course, because we're, uh, you know, we're not, I mean, we're listening to the scanner, but I didn't bring a note. No, yeah. say. Um, but <laughs> Of all the races to not actually sit down and take notes, this is probably one of the easier ones. Um, practice was Saturday morning, um, and practice didn't go great. I mean, Ryan was 13th quick. Um, he only ran eight laps, but then again, they only had time enough to run eight laps. He ran the whole practice session. Um, they didn't come in pit to adjust or anything like that. Um, they did their qualifying and, 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 you know, his group and everything, he ended up 19th overall between the two groups. Uh, the nine car ends up on the pole, um, you know, grip, uh, lateral grip, or just mechanical grip, whatever grip, they were just missing the grip. They didn't have grip coming out of turns and so forth, um, to, to, to put a good time up there. And the funny part is like, you know, we're only talking like a second or two Yeah. now, mind you it's probably the equivalent of two or three tenths on a, on a regular oval, you know, but when you're talking about a four mile track, you know, a second or two, it really isn't that much. It's maybe you hit one turn incorrectly. And then the next two turns you, you were had to go slower, you know, part of it too. This is an old track. Like the, the pavement itself is old. So um, it's not even just, you know, them trying to search for mechanical grip. It's like even the actual physical grip with the asphalt, uh, it's kind of rough. It's almost, it's not like at the, all the way to um, like the old uh, Atlanta days or anything crazy like that. Uh, but it is still, uh, it is still kind of worn out and a little, little bit slippery. And while it was, you know, hot for you guys, maybe it wasn't as hot as it could have been on the racing surface. But yeah, I noticed that a little bit slow in practice. I was like, oh, okay, I don't think we're, we're going to be chasing the pole here. It did make me wonder though, like where the speed went the pole winning speed went from like that they had at Coda mm -hmm. uh, because these past two road courses, Sonoma. And now this one, they didn't really have the, the speed to really contend all the way up there for a pole. No. Uh, but, but even Sonoma was a better, was a better track than this. Um, yeah. This track overall, it just, you know, wasn't, wasn't good for the, for their team. They, um, they were talking about, they're going to repave it. Um, in the fall too. So oh, interesting. that will be really kind of cool to see what happens uh, after they do that, you know, for next year, if they were going to be there next year, you know? Um, so the nine does win the poll. Um, okay, so we make to, we make it to our tweet up and then on Sunday morning. And then of course we didn't end up talking with Josh. What's kind of interesting is uh, the discord chat. Somebody had talked about uh, how to run the race. And one of the things I said in the discord chat, um, was let's see how practice and qualifying go. If practice and qualifying don't go well, then run for stage points, run for stage points, run for stage win. If you can, you know, and this is something, like I said, you can go back and look through the discord chat. I actually said it way back then. Um, but that's, that's actually what they should have done. And, um, you know, talking to Josh, it's all he's talking about is they were looking for grip and they're trying to find grip. And, and there were a bunch of cars having that same issue. So, which you bring uh, up this, this deal for stage points, people need to remember, um, especially after at the end of this race, you know, Ryan, it's getting tight. I know people are saying, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we did have some repeat winners and it's like, ah, oh, you know what, you know, we're not going to get to that 16 number. It's not going to happen. Um, we're inching closer and, you know, well, now we only have seven, I think seven more races to go until the cutoff. And it's becoming a little bit more of a reality, but this 12 team is in the competition is in a battle right now for the regular season points championship. So while the wins aren't there, um, they've been really, really smart about gaining points and stage points along the way that, you know, Chase Elliott slips up 
Um, even just in one race, if he, you know, has a mechanical failure that takes him out at the beginning of a race and Ryan has a race where he earns stage points, he could be leading the regular season championship. So that's something to consider. They know in practice, maybe they don't have race winning speed. So how does this going to affect strategy? And it kind of seems they did lean a little bit as we go into, you know, trying to get, gather some more points if, if they could. Yeah. The, the, the chatter on the radio, um, as, you know, as the race goes on, you can tell they had a game plan. And you can tell that they were well within their game plan, that they were doing certain things. Um, the reports back that he got, they, they knew exactly what kind of changes they wanted to make based on those, those issues. So um, we have stages of 15, 30, and 62. Um, and when you're watching on TV, the right-hand lane going up, up the main straightaway to the start-finish line is what would be your inside because, of course, your first turn's a right-hand turn there. Um, so there, the nine leads field of the green, um, but lap five, we have the uh, 10 and the 18 tangling and they're racing for like 25th. Um, Ryan was 18th at this point. Um, at lap 12, uh, 19 cars hit pit road, including Ryan. So at this point, Ryan does run with um, all the strategy guys. Um, and uh Lap 13, the nine car actually pits at this point too. So we get to the end of the stage at lap 15, um, the 14 wins the stage and 13 cars had stayed out and are going to need to pit. Um, so when it all cycles, Ryan's 28th at that point, but when it all cycles back out, um, Ryan's actually up to 14th. So between pitting and and the cycling around of everybody who you know needed to pit during the during the caution itself um ryan actually gained a couple spots so he's up to 14th um the nine cars leading the field to green at, at lap 18 here we get um from uh lap 18 to lap 26 ryan uh somewhere between 15th and 13th it kind of wavers here he passed the car two here it gets passed back um at lap 27 17 cars come to pit road because we're getting near the end of the stage. Um, Ryan's up to fifth at this point. The next lap, the nine, the eight, the five, and the one all in front of Ryan pit. So they tell, you know, of course, Ryan's going to stay out. They already, they already, they already knew he was going to stay yeah. out. Um, but he stays out and then takes the lead <laughs> at lap 29. So um, he ends up at lap 30 winning stage two. And, um, as, like as after, you know, at the end here, we'll talk about the, the 10 bonus points, um, under a normal race, normal conditions, it's a good thing, but you're still the guys you're competing with are usually going to get points also under this race. And what people were rate, the ones who are racing for the win, none of them get stage points because they're racing for the win. So in the interim, you just stole 10 points off of them that at the end of the race, are going to add up and what he does with the rest of the race, it really does add up, which is great. Um, so lap 32, Ryan and the 11 of cars who stayed out with him pit. Um, and they took a huge swing at the car at this point. This is like a pit stop that, you know, there were the feedback that he was given from the other pit stop to this pit stop. Now we're going to take a huge swing at it. Um, it's funny is that, uh, there was a pyrotech puts out that pit stop of the week thing. Oh yeah. For the Penske uh, thing. And there was two videos. One was an IndyCar video and the other video was Ryan. And it was, a it was 11.9. I was going to say it wasn't seconds. super fast, but it was solid. I mean. But the thing about it is uh, if you looked up and down the, the Penske pit stops, that probably was the fastest Penske, Penske pit stop because what people don't understand and maybe didn't, didn't know this race is they pit in the car backwards. Yep. Different They're choreography, pit, almost different choreography altogether. You had you pit in the car, the other direction. So, um, yeah, I don't know what floor is described it like, you know, like just totally backwards for him. You know, he was describing it on stacking pennies last week that, they, you know, they practiced it all week. Don't get me wrong, but um, you go a little slower because you are trying to make sure you go the right direction make sure you have everything right. And you, you, you can't do what you normally do. Um, so yeah, they do a pretty good job with these pit stops, even though it, you know, time-wise it doesn't look like that 9.98, you know, pit yeah. stop that everybody's looking for. Um, so uh, lap 33, the nine assumes the lead and Ryan's up to 23rd on this restart. So this is pretty good because you figure 23rd and the way this race had went, once they got spread out, unless you were like a second, second and a half lap fat faster than the guy in front of you, 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 you know, you didn't get to them, you know? 
Um, lap 37, he's up to 19th. Lap 41, that they get a, a green flag pit cycle. They start going into this knowing that this is going to be the last pit stop to the end. At this point, the races run green. There yep. have been an incidents here and there. Uh, I think the 23 and the 22 tangle at one point, and the 22 apologizes for that. Um, but nothing that actually caused a caution, nothing that blocked the track, nothing that got in the way where they had to cause a caution. Everybody pulled away from everything. Nobody was like dead on the track or anything like that. So here we are, the green flag pit cycle. Um, Ryan, uh, <laughs> at lap 44 assumes the lead as he pits. <laughs> so, you know, every, he, he stayed out just a little longer than everybody else takes and leads another lap there. Um, at lap 46, he's at uh, 20th position. Um, when things cycle through and he gets done with his pit stop at lap 47 is when eight takes the lead from the nine car. Um, this is where Tyler, you know, he showed that as the race ran on, he was getting better and better and he made his pass. And, and you uh, talk about uh, the importance of pit crews here. They gained, I mean, they didn't gain a position on pit road, but they did gain, you know, as far as position on the, on um, like in relative to, in, to the nine itself, because they came off pit road, basically bumper to bumper. Mm-hmm. And it kind of kept Tyler uh, within striking distance. Cause you know, if they have a slow pit stop or something, the nine drives away and probably wins the race. Yeah. Um, but in this case, Tyler was there and was able to make some moves and you, you know, we talked about, you know, this is real long, real big track. There wasn't really any cautions in this, in this stage. So it wasn't exactly the most exciting. Like you said, there's a couple of things here and there. You mentioned the 22 (laughs) dive bombing and just totally taking the 23 out. Um, The other, only other real instance. Yeah. It happened early in the race. So parts of it, you could maybe say we've got a little bit boring, Um, but for about, well, it seems like, I don't know. It might've only been like, two or three laps where they battled here, but it's a long time around road America for that battle to happen. Got really, really entertaining uh, mm-hmm. to see both of them uh, kind of go wheel to wheel and not give up and not, you know, they didn't, they race clean too. Yeah. Uh, by lap 56, Ryan's up to 14th. This uh, got interesting too. Yeah. Uh, this was... Is watching Ryan pick off these, these places and just seeing how much faster he was along the way. And you might mention this, but he was running top three, top two speeds the whole mm-hmm. final run here and it's just like yeah. one of those where times where i'm like oh man if he just somehow had the track position yeah. here they finally got the right adjustments on the car mm-hmm. uh to give him a shot and um i was counting them down i was it was all it reminded me of richmond a couple or a year or so ago was yeah. hoping that they'd finally get in get that one more position in the top 10 but it, it was getting yeah. exciting yeah lap 57 he's up to 13th at uh lap 50 uh let's see 57 13th at lap 58 he passes the 48 car gets to 13th at uh lap 59 it's i think that's where he passes the 19 he's like 12th he gets up to 11th by lap lap 60 and he's a couple seconds behind harvick at this point um but in the next lap or two he gains <laughs> he gains like two seconds on him uh so another lap or two i think he would have got to the got to the four car but uh like you said it was you know P11 is pretty good. The eight car wins, like I said, uh, and, and this starts that whole discussion about number of guys winning. Um, but like I said about points, um, he did not gain on chase Elliot on the points here, uh, but he kept pretty much status quo. I think he lost one point to chase. Uh, he gained on Chastain in points though. Uh, Chastain, even though Chastain finished in front of him, uh, you know, in the top five there, um, Ryan, because of his 11th place finish, plus his extra 10 more points from that stage, uh, has you know, passed Chastain. So now it's great. You see standings in three different things. Uh, the first is your regular standings. You know, he's, what is it, 33 points back of, of uh, Chase Elliott now, I think it is, 33. Yeah, it's and, right around there between 30 okay. and 33. Real close. So so you see that one first. Then NBC likes to put on this playoff standings thing that they do, okay? And their playoff standings show everybody with a win first and how they line up and the guys with two wins are, are above, above the other guys and this and that. All the way down to, okay, Ryan, uh, at, what is it, 14th now and 100 whatever points from the cut line and all that. But the interesting one is if you go to the NASCAR website and you click on the point standings that they've got set up, um, 
they, they, when they show you their playoff points, what they show you is where they are in the standings right now, plus their points. So if the playoffs were to start right now, Ryan would be getting 10 bonus points for being second place in the standings on top of the five bonus points he has from five stage wins. He'd actually be all the way up to fourth place to start the playoffs. Chase would be at 2028. Ryan would be at 2015 to start the playoffs. And he would be only a couple points behind Logano. And uh, I think it's a couple points behind Chastain. So it's all right there for the taking, you know, but this whole discussion about 16 different winners, you know, uh, you know are there going to be three more different winners now? Uh, you know, I don't know if there are three different more winners, Ryan's one of the three. Okay. That's what let's, I think. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Um, do we want it to be Ryan? Definitely. <laughs> Would it be really, really cool though, to see him be the, the regular season champion without a win? That would really upset a lot of apple carts because what people don't, some people don't realize is that if he were to do that, if he were to actually, you know, make up the 33 points past Chase Elliott, he gets bonus points for, for, for winning the regular season title. I think it would be like 15 instead of uh, 10 or something like that. And he already has the five bonus points, which is almost like a win anyway. And then if there were 16 other winners besides him, one of them would get booted because it's an automatic uh, in for the regular season champion, whether they win a race or not, which would be really kind of like, you know, yeah, it's one of those things where it'd be cool to see because one, if he if he does do that, wins the regular season title, I think there's plenty of races in those last ten where he could still pick up wins. It's a little bit weird. I mean, last year it's like he just went on this. He wins Atlanta, so his earliest win ever in his career, basically, in a year, and then goes on and um, picks up those two wins to close out the regular mm-hmm. season. So we're not even there yet. So he still yeah, technically could pick it up, but pick it up. Um, um, but to go from the one win per year to the three win, you know, we're really spoiled. Um, I'm going to be happy if he picks up a couple of wins along the way to a, a championship four appearance. I'd be totally fine with that. What's really kind of um, good about the situation, if there is a, it's a good thing, is that uh, spreading out all these victories like that spreads out the points. Last year, you had a guy like Larson who won five races during the regular season. Was it five or six? You know, during the regular season, where he stacked all those extra bonus points so that each round, when each round started, he had a huge advantage. Like he, he would have taken three catastrophic races in a round for him to get bumped out of a round. Um, so winning three or more races would be huge right now. But Ryan did that last year. Ryan was like the second best guy last year once the playoffs started and it helped him from round to round, you know, till, till he had to have two or three bad races. So, um, yeah, having it all spread out like that is not a, not a bad thing, especially since once it comes back together for the playoffs itself, Ryan is got five points. He's got a win basically with five stage wins. That's five bonus points. And the five bonus points is what you get for a win. So he's already got what would be a win in bonus points to start the playoffs. Um, he'll get a win or two between now and then, and he could be the leader, you know, going into the playoffs, which would be excellent. Yeah. They've managed to keep themselves in this thing the whole way, despite, uh, some of the struggles they've had and despite not getting to victory lane. So it's given us plenty to cheer about. And, um, there's some wild card races along the way here as we close out the regular season, obviously Daytona, uh, where Ryan won last year, picking up his third victory of the year. Um, but heading into this weekend right here is another one of those wild card races as the NASCAR cup series heads back to the newly reconfigured Atlanta motor speedway for the Quaker state 400 this Sunday, July 10th at Atlanta motor speedway. You can catch this race at 3 PM Eastern time. And remember, um, since we've switched over to the NBC, uh, family of networks here. This race is going to be another one that is on the USA uh, TV network. And then it's also going to be on the radio with PRN and Sirius XM NASCAR radio. Um, so Steve, we've been talking a lot about practice this year, but in this case, uh, NASCAR has made a decision when we go back to, you know, Talladega, Daytona, there's not going to be practice. And now that Atlanta is basically a mini super speedway, 
we will not be talking about practice this week. That's right. Let's just get out there and qualify. And truthfully, I, there, I, I think I said this before, forget qualifying on these super speedways. <laughs> Let's just, Hey, draw them out of a hat. Go by the owner's points. You and I both know it doesn't really matter anymore. Super speedway racing, the way it's working and the way that the pack racing works. Um, certain guys at the start of a race decide they're going to drop back. Certain guys decide they're going to race for points at the end of a stage. Um, you could draw them out of a hat. It really wouldn't matter. I don't think anybody really cares if they get the pole. Um, the only time it's ever really a big deal is, is Daytona itself. And even that, you know, yeah, then you got to race the duels and hope you don't wreck, you know? So, I mean, they could just cancel. It could rain Saturday. That'd be fine. Uh, I wouldn't be okay with that uh, because I would appreciate it to be dry because this is going to be another one of those races that we plan on driving up to attend. We did get to Atlanta earlier this year. Um, while it Ryan had was in contention there at the end, it didn't end up working out. Um, but we had a lot of fun, uh, even seeing this kind of new mini super speedway race. Uh, it's going to be hot up there and there's definitely always going to be an opportunity for there to be rain and if it is i'm hoping it's just here here there uh and everywhere around the track and not at the track um so i don't know i'm not i'm not, not sure if we're going to get there in time for the single car qualifying if we do that'd be great kind of check that out but please rain stay away saturday and sunday rain all you want on monday um so we talked a little bit about this new atlanta racetrack obviously when they're there earlier this year um I don't think you were a huge, necessarily a huge fan of it, just because I know that none of the drivers, just like every race this year, have mentioned really hard to pass. Um, but for me, you know, seeing them in that pack side by side, just endless for laps was kind of exciting. Uh, I know from, you know, talking to, you know, some interviews Ryan's done and, you know, Josh, I th- we think we talked to him right after that too really tiring for spotters and drivers and uh they weren't in the you know they were i think it was in the 70s or uh, low 80s that day we're looking probably in the high 80s 90s and um josh is going to need you know several body armors up there and i know ryan's going to make sure uh he's hydrated before strapping in for this one because it's mentally and physically taxing yeah I, I, the thing about it is the tightness of the track um it's one thing to go at speeds in a pack like they do for that track to be smaller than, than the two and a half miles of Talladega or the two and a half miles of Daytona. Um, and then for the, the racing surface to be that tight from left to right in the banking. Um, sure. It makes it um, exciting for the fans, but it is super stressful for the drivers and, 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 and everybody worried about a car getting, you know, bumped into wrecked or, or starting some sort of pileup, you know? So again, if you want to catch this race this weekend, it's the Quaker State 400 this Sunday, July 10th, Atlanta Motor Speedway. You can catch it at 3 p.m. Eastern Time on TV with USA and on the radio with PRN and Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. Um, do you want to? We were talking earlier. Do you want to do a little race report about uh, a certain? Uh, sure. I feel uh, like we've been. Josh isn't on the show, and I feel like we've just talked about sh- Josh the entire yeah. show. So I'm sure he'll be a little bit embarrassed by about how much we're talking about him here, but you're right. Yeah. Josh, uh, he, uh, got behind the wheel and not talking a street car or go-kart. He got behind the wheel of a smart modified, uh, which is a tour type modified and at Caraway speedway this past Wednesday night. And, uh, we kind of made it a, a night ourselves, hopped on yeah. zoom, watched the race together, uh, had a little, uh, had our popcorn and, and watched what was going on there. Um, but kind of exciting. Josh has, a, a, I think he's run some laps at Bowman gray before. Um, but you know, he's racing against the likes of Matt Hirschman, which if anybody knows modified tour racing, you know, he's one of the best Bobby Labonte, um, tons of other huge names. And, you know, Josh makes the field and has a pretty competitive run. What'd you think? This series was kind of interesting because they didn't, um, uh, they only have a, a one tire, uh, change rule change. Um, they're not allowed to refuel the cars based because found of, that uh, out we found that out uh, because <laughs> of some of the different cautions they ended up having um, refueling the cars would cause a whole different thing where they'd have to wear fire suits and, and, and do insurance and so forth from a whole different angle. But um, uh, they, they all run as a, a crate engine of some sort. So it, it uh, you know, it kind of equalizes the field a little bit and you get to see about uh, driver talent and, 
And at one point, uh, Josh did a restart uh, from the inside lane from the third position, got himself to the second position, was running really well. And once again, another one of these cautions seemed to happen. Um, but there's actually some cool video uh, on one of his social medias about it, a bunch of pictures. Um, but there were a bunch of cautions. That was the only thing is that the, the aggression level was pretty high. And a bunch of these guys just, just couldn't seem to get away from each other where they they end up running into each other at different points on the track too. It wasn't like all in one spot or, or they're having a problem in one turn or anything like that. So that was the only thing that really made it bad because there were a couple of times where they had to get uh, two tow trucks out to yeah. lift the car up off the ground and the tow truck drivers were super at figuring out how to do it, but it took a couple minutes and they have to get the car out of there. And then, you know, there's just so many different things like that. But uh, race wise for Josh itself, it was uh, super to watch, uh, watch him run. Uh, he ran really well with those guys and uh, ended up finishing top 10. Yeah, it was pretty exciting. And I, I liked the way that he attacked this race. You could, at least to me, it seemed like really early on, he was just kind of getting a feel for the car, getting the feel for racing around these other drivers. Uh, wasn't really pushing the limits too much. Wasn't really attacking on restarts or anything like that. Um, and then at some point, probably a little past halfway, it just seemed like a switch flipped and you could see him making some more aggressive moves um, picking up some more positions. There's some pit strategy along the way where um, I'm not sure how the, the call is made, but he ended up uh, staying out when everybody else kind of made a pit stop. Yeah. And I thought he would, you know, just fall through the field because those drivers had gotten their car. He instead ends up going on attack mode and uh, getting up into the second position before another caution comes out. And then eventually relinquishing that position to come in uh, to do his final pit stop. Uh, but then from there again, there's a series of some other cautions, but along the way, he's picking up positions all the way until the end of this race when there's one really big caution at the end. I think he had another spin uh, after that or prior to that, but then one really big caution at the end on the front stretch. Uh, I think Bobby Labonte, we mentioned fuel. Uh, Bobby Labonte, I believe, ran out of fuel on the front, um, kind of gets turned sideways, and the field just kind of crashes in to each other. Josh makes... Uh, what I would say is a very a graceful spin. He bumps a couple of people, ends up sitting uh, backwards just past past the start finish line, and they red red flag the race. Um, uh, you know, this was leading into the Fourth of July weekend. They had a big fireworks display. They ran the fireworks display. We got to watch some of that. I'm not sure what his his vantage point was, uh, sitting in the car with the window net up still. Um, but then eventually they call a race. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. they can't use as you said they were afraid of more guys running out of fuel they're not allowed to refuel the cars in this instant so it did uh finish just shy of the distance there but josh ended up finishing in the uh, around ninth in a top 10 position backwards uh so i would say that's one heck of a career uh first start in the the smart mod tour for josh williams and um i don't know i'm looking forward to him you know, getting some more opportunities in the future. It's just fun to see, you know, we know him as Ryan Blaney spotter week to week, but he comes from a racing family. Um, they've been involved. He's been involved basically his entire life in various forms. And I think he's done some carding stuff in the past. And like we said, he's tested some of these modifieds and run some laps and other at other places. And um, I think this seemed like his one of his first big time races. And again, not to be, you know, talk down to any uh, people that run modifieds at the local level. You know, this wasn't him just popping out to the local short track and running against, you know, the guys from his town. He's running against these guys that are on the tour um, mm -hmm. and big name drivers, including a past cup series champion and uh, finishing in the top 10. I thought it was impressive. Yeah, I, um, Bobby Labonte actually hurt his hand. He did. Um, yeah. And, and, and I did not know that until uh, watching the SRX race. And then at the SRX race, they're showing like him taping up the hand before the race. And then they said, that's what he heard it Wednesday night, he, uh, you know, in that crash. So, um, but uh, yeah, watching, watching him run with uh, some of those guys. And uh, we had a little, a uh, little extra sponsorship on the car. That oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. I, I enjoyed him thanking us for just the massive sponsorship deal that, that we have. But it was honestly, I, yeah, I forgot to mention that really awesome. Thanks. I know we, you, you set that up in, uh, we, we with bought, Josh we bought, and we basically bought like maybe a gallon of fuel. Maybe it was pizza and beer money for the yeah. night. I don't know. It was, you know, just a couple extra bucks, but, uh, uh, anything that, you know, kind of helped them guys out a little bit. Uh, cause like I said, they were, it has something to do with his dad. Uh, his dad uh, runs that car, I think. So, um, you know, giving him, just giving him a chance to do it is, is it was kind of cool. And, uh, 
it kind of like uh, one of those things that somebody gets, get, you get a chance to do something like that. You got to take it, you know, and uh, we were happy for him. And in honor of that, and if, if you guys, uh, the listeners have followed along over the last couple of years, I've made a lot of Dave Blaney cars and then Blaney inspired cars and stuff for iRacing. Of course, uh, especially, I w- probably would have done it even without the Team Blaney podcast being a, uh, a, a very small sponsor on the car. Um, but I went ahead and made that modified for iRacing. So if you are on the service and you're interested in running as Josh Williams, if you just go on to uh, trading paints, you can download the Josh Williams uh, tour modified paint scheme that does feature the, uh, the team Blaney decal on there that, which I may or may not have exaggerated the size of it uh, just, just for our, our own purposes, just made it maybe just a touch an inch or two bigger on the car, but it looks pretty good. And um, yeah, so you can race as Josh uh, if you'd like in the SK modifieds or in the, uh, the wheel and modified tour on iRacing. So congratulations to Josh. Let's see what you do next time you get behind the wheel. But for now, why don't we jump back to our fantasy, the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League. I remembered, uh, luckily, to set my lineup this week and make all of my bonus picks. And um, even before we get into it, I have to say, and I, I think this happens a lot at road courses, but the point standings and points earned this week were so tight. Uh, from first to where I ended up at in 30th or 31st, it was only a difference of about 25 points, uh, which I thought was pretty insane. So let's take a look at my starting lineup. I had Chase Elliott, Daniel Suarez, who just won at Sonoma, Alex Bowman, who was in contention at Coda, Kyle Larson, who won, I think, three races last year on road courses, and Chase Briscoe, who was um, in contention for the pole. And I had Ryan in the garage, as I do pretty much every single week. Uh, I picked Chase Elliott over Truex in the first featured matchup. That was correct. I picked Corey Le- or I picked Alex Bowman over Corey LaJoy. That was really correct because LaJoy didn't even start the race. He showed up about seven laps in. Picked Briscoe over Ty Dillon. That was correct. And the one that I didn't get right, uh, Kyle Busch, man, he had a rough day. And I'm sure uh, the driver of the 18 is rough couple of weeks from what happened at Nashville and then what happened uh, this week at Road America had a spin early and then had some other issues during the day but yeah I picked uh, Bush over Bell and that was incorrect what did your starting lineup look like all right I had Larson uh, Chase Briscoe uh, Chase Elliott Busher Bowman and unfortunately, and it probably would have been like about a five to ten points swing here Tyler Riddick was in my garage nah. ah but they didn't get a lot of stage points. That's the, no, that's the one thing. No, they didn't. I mean, uh, he would have probably been, an, uh, he still was the number one point getter on the day. Um, I wonder but, if that's what kind of kept people so close is, you know, yeah. we're picking people to win like Elliot and all these other folks, uh, but they don't actually earn a lot of stage, stage points because points. of the strategies. Didn't think yeah. about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, cause like, the, like Chase Elliott was 38 points, you know, and busher who you know was only 31 but you know uh, i had chase elliott over truex i had alex bowman over lajoy i had chase briscoe over dylan and i had bell over over bush swept it swept it um and yeah looking at what you're talking about with how close things were from where you know i finish compared to the top 10 i was six points out of the top 10 yep you know so so let's take a look at that let's take a look at the Top 10 in points earned this past week at Road America and the Team Blading NASCAR Fantasy Live League. And it's kind of a, insane because there are so many ties here. Three-way tie for first with 225 points earned. The Dalai Lama 4, Alyssa C, and Rogue Tough. And all alone in fourth, Blaney kicks beep. In fifth, a three-way tie for fifth. Go Larson, Bulldog, 0277, Factory of Sadness, 220 points. Then we drop down to the eighth position, the Buckeye Bullet, 218 points. In ninth, David Lazaro, 216. And then a three-way tie for 10th, Waterbug, Smoke Show, 571, and Math Mom, 4, 215 points. Um, as you were mentioning, you're about six points out of the top 10. You ended up in 19th with 209 points. And I ended up in the 31st position, tied for 31st with multiple people here at 200 points so again yeah so where i'm at down there in the 31st position all the way to first it was only a swing of 25 points 
Let's take a look at the overall league standings in the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League. Still holding down that top position, Math Mom 4 with 3,452 points. In second, the Dalai Lama 4, 3,442 points. In third, Fry Gow 12, 3,441 points. Fourth, Bulldog 0277, 3,400 points. In fifth, the defending champion Clyde's Chicken Pit Racing, 3,393 points. Sixth, Eric D15, 3,378 points. In seventh, Blaney Kicks Beep, 3,363 points. Eighth, Moose Hunter 1960, 3,359 points. Ninth, Super Mod, 3,356 points. And then rounding out the top 10 in the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League overall standings, two Bushes, no Johnsons. 3,352 points. Now, you are increasing the gap here. There was a point a couple of weeks ago before I forgot to set my lineup. Uh, I had eclipsed you in the standings, but you've taken that lead back. You're in the 22nd position, 3,171 points, and I am in the 25th position, 3,151 points. So 20 points separating us now in the overall league standings. I just got a text. And my, wife, my wife has made her picks. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> she did. She says she, she, she texts her picks and she's like, Brian, Brad, Martin, and uh, her dark horse is Busher. That's not the RFK teams have actually been pretty fast. And Brad himself was actually really fast, but he, there was a point in the race when he slammed into one of the walls and then <laughs> just fell off from there. Uh, but Busher, they've hit on something. And I think, that was part of the reason they had initially said, so they had a wheel come off at Nashville, but they were really fast at Sonoma. Obviously they are challenging Daniel Suarez for the win. So they have a wheel come off at Nashville. They're normally going to have their crew members and the crew chief suspended. They announced that they're going to appeal that suspension. So that defers the suspension. So they, the crew and everybody gets to come out to road America, run the race. And then immediately this week, they say, actually, no, we're not going to, we're not going to appeal. <laughs> so I didn't think about that. That's an interesting strategy to have. If you want to at least keep your crew members for, for mm-hmm. one more week without having to pay, I think, I forget what it is, but they do have to pay to appeal. And I don't, I mean, it's kind of chump change for them, but it's still uh, a decent amount of money to do it. So that's interesting picks. That's pretty solid. And you can see what Brad and Brad's pretty desperate at this point, you know, with mm-hmm. the other issues they've had this year. Um, he needs to win a race to, to lock himself in. This is one of those ones where you got to pay attention to your lineup. And because if something happens and somebody does something crazy at the front of the field at the end of the first stage and 10 cars get wiped out, um, yeah, you could end up having, uh, your whole lineup destroyed, you know, in, in one turn. So definitely want to keep, pay attention to that, pay attention to garage moves, you know, uh, before the end of the, that second stage um yeah the super speed ray racing you know it was yeah. it was dave it was dave spotter the one time that said go high go high go high good luck <laughs> you know and and you don't know and as you said here you know atlanta's a lot tighter and i'm actually surprised there weren't more you know gigantic crashes earlier in the year and i think maybe a lot of it you know they're still new to the car um new to the racing there in the first place so now they're coming back they have a little bit better feel for the car it's going to be hotter and slicker uh so i'm not sure what that's going to throw at them guys i'm looking at i'm going to keep ryan in the garage at least bubba wallace was running really well ryan you know had a shot to push bubba to the win uh from the second or third row in in one of the final restarts of that race earlier this year uh but they both ended up kind of crashed (laughs) so that didn't work out too well but bubba's you know He's kind of on a, on a mission here. He's got a chip on his shoulder for sure, um, but he really wants to, to go to victory lane. So, yeah, I like her pick of Brad for sure. Ryan's in my garage, Bubba, and JJ, or I almost said JJ Yaley. Justin Haley <laughs> is another one to look at um, Does it, from the Xfinity series to actually technically he has a Cup Series victory and in, in the, the summer race at Daytona. He shows up on the restrictor plate style tracks as well. Um, the only other thing to really kind of mention before we wrap things up here is that we are getting within a couple of weeks here, 
of the SRX race at Sharon Speedway, where it's kind of the battle of the Blaney's where you got Dave Blaney, Ryan Blaney, both participating in that event. Chase Elliott is actually going to participate in that event. It is the season finale for the SRX series. And if people have been following along with that, um, it's been entertaining just as it, as it was uh, all uh, last season. Um, really hoping that the weather holds off. I think the last two weeks they've had threatening weather around the track and the vortex theories have worked out pretty well for them and they've, they've moved on. So I'm hoping for some good weather at Sharon Speedway uh, coming up here. What is it? July 23rd, July 24th, I think is, is the race that's coming up. And I know you're looking forward to that event as well. Yeah. We're hoping to, you know, do a little bit like a, a tweet up, of some sort, get some of us together ahead of time. Um, I just saw a thing today where they're going to open the gates at two. There's going to be a band performing. Uh, I think the actual practice on the track will be at six o'clock. The race, of course, starts at eight o'clock for TV. Um, so hopefully somewhere between two and six, maybe somewhere in there, I'll try to try to get everybody together, have a little tweet up type of thing. We'll put a, put a thing on all the team Blaney, uh, Twitter and, and, and Facebook accounts. Um, you know, I've got some t-shirts made, uh, I'll give, we'll just give away some t-shirts to people for, uh, if they just, you know, for free, you know, yeah. for fun. It'll just be and, cool to see Dave and Ryan back on the track together. I think for the first time since they both ran that Eldora truck race together. Mm-hmm. So both times that they've raced together now will be on dirt, which mm-hmm. is kind of, will be kind of interesting. And, uh, I don't know. It's just a fun series. They don't take everything too seriously. It's, um, question sometimes whether a lot of it's for show or not but it's i don't know to me it's fun and you know ryan newman picks up the win last week and that was kind of an emotional victory for him with his daughters there they got him to see it so we do get to tell stories like that you know uh, marco andretti won a race last year and that was really meaningful to him just to show you know that he can still win uh out there uh you know running competitively so um i think it's been a lot of fun and just i mean for me and i said it before and here multiple times just the fact that sharon speedway you know, a place that I called home for, you know, a decade and, you know, grew up in the shadow of it's going to be on live TV on CBS national network, Saturday night, prime time under the lights. Um, I'm just really excited for Sharon Speedway overall getting that exposure and uh, looking forward to uh, watching this race. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait to see it, you know, just to get those guys together. I don't know they used to do an SRX used to do like an autograph thing. I don't know how they're going to do or what they're going to do with that. But um, when you go to your local short track on any kind of Saturday night, Friday night or whatever, the access is way different than, than a bigger event. And so you do get to see some guys up close and personal. Uh, I've told the story before where uh, um, I, uh, Kevin Harvick was at Sharon Speedway one on a weeknight one time, just uh, uh, it may have been a, a a speed weeks thing, you know, when, cause they did it up as a Tuesday night show or something like that. And, uh, you know, he goes into his trailer and you think, Oh, well, there he goes. He's hiding from everybody. And, but no, Kevin come right back out and signed every autograph, took every picture. Um, you know, the guys, even at that level, they do get it, you know, so it will be real cool to see all those different people there. Um, you know, who knows, maybe at the end of the night to get to sit back and drink a beer with Michael Waltrip, that'd be great. You know? Yeah. He might bring, bring some along for sure. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, we're definitely looking forward to that. And then there's this coming up soon too. That's true. So if you haven't already noticed um, the Ryan Blaney family foundations website and Twitter, Facebook, Instagram accounts, uh, Ryan's tweeted it himself. We've shared the links, but they have a special Ryan Blaney family foundation uh, ticket package for the upcoming race at the Indianapolis road course, $75. You get a, a reserve grandstand ticket to the race yeah, you all get a, in the same, all in the same section. That's true. Like so, all in the same section. So be, you'll be sitting section. with fellow Blaney fans. And as you say, you want to. Let's turn that place purple. Turn that's it purple right. because it this purple. is for Alzheimer's awareness. And so and, the, the t-shirt that you can wear is going to be purple. They're going to give you a towel. That's going to be purple. You can wave it or use it in the, for its cooling towel purposes if it's hot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a portion of the proceeds are going to go to support the Alzheimer's foundation and the Ryan Blaney family foundation. And to me, it's an awesome deal because you get the shirt, you get the towel, you, there's going to be a Q and a, uh, meet up with Ryan Blaney, I believe before the race. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're a Blaney fan and you're thinking about going to see the road course race at Indianapolis, this is definitely the way to go. You can find out more about that package on all of the Ryan Blaney family foundation, uh, social media accounts. And we'll probably be sure to uh, retweet and share the links to that as well. Yeah. They, um, uh, you know, 
they're, they did release some of the t-shirts online at one point, people bought them up. Um, and they're, they're great to buy because the money, you know, the profit money does go back toward uh, the foundation. Um, if they ran out, give them a chance, they're going to restock. You know, they right away realize they may not have had enough together and they're, they're going to hurry up and restock it for sure. So, you know, keep an eye out for that. Uh, but your best way to get one is to, to get a ticket, you know, um, Absolutely. we're going to be down in the, uh, the Northwest Vista, uh, location, which for, um, the purposes of the track would be turn four of the Indy track or, um, on the, on the large grandstand side, it'd be turn one of the road course as they come back down the straightaway, the other direction for, for a road race. Um, and that'll be great. Yeah, like I said, you go down to that turn, hopefully it'll be all purple, nothing but those purple shirts up there all together. We'll be yelling and screaming all together. It'll be a good time to, to be hanging out with all the Blaney uh, fans. Uh, and the Blaney Bunch, the Blaney Axe, um, all the different uh, generations of Blaney fans. Yeah, you never know who you will meet on race day. So I think that's it, Steve. Um, thank you, everyone, for tuning into this episode of the Team Blaney Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about myself or co-host Steve, please listen to our very first episode that dives deep into our Blaney fandom. You can interact with us on Facebook and Twitter at Team Blaney and on Instagram at team.blaney. Finally, we'd like to encourage you to support the aforementioned Ryan Blady Family Foundation. This organization championed by Ryan and his family supports causes like the Alzheimer's Association and UPMC Sports Medicine through their Fund a Fellow program. You can find out more about the foundation online at ryanblaneyfamilyfoundation.org or on any of their very active social media channels. So for my co-host Steve Mez, I'm Adam Rogers. We'll catch you next time right here on the Team Blaney Podcast. Good night, Brussels. Good night, Dublin.